what are kids really thinking and feeling? Sometimes it's hard to know, but this podcast can offer some clues. Welcome to Dear Highlights. The many letters and emails kids send to Highlights Magazine help us keep our finger on the pulse of kids. We think they can also help you. So each week on this podcast, we share a few messages kids sent to us, and we discuss them with a parenting expert. Lean in and listen to learn what kids want their grown-ups to know about being a kid today. I'm Christine French-Cully, and you're listening to Dear Highlights. Dear Highlights, my mom Dear and dad highlights. have been separated for Dear about highlights. a month. I think I may have Dear questions. I get keys for Dear Highlights. Dear Highlights. Dear Highlights. Friendship is one of the top three subjects kids who are generally between the ages of 6 to 12 write to us about. So I am excited that my guest today is Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore, a clinical psychologist who has written many books about kids and friendship. She is a sought after speaker on this topic and is well known for offering warm practical advice to parents and kids about how children can learn to make a friend, be a friend, navigate the ups and downs of friendship, recognize and cherish true friends. I am one of millions of readers of her blog, Growing Friendship on psychologytoday.com, and she is also a parent. You can learn more about her in our show notes, and I really do hope that you'll go there to read about her extensive background. Dr. Kennedy Moore, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Christine. I'm delighted to be here. We're delighted to have you. You know, somebody once said, and maybe it was that prolific writer, Anonymous, that friends are the chocolate chips in the cookie of life. And it's kind of a silly image, but I understand the sentiment. Friends really do make life sweeter. But for kids, friends are more than sweetener, more than a source of fun and games. Friends play an essential role in kids' growth and development. Can you talk a little bit about why friendship is a vital part of a happy, healthy childhood? Absolutely. I'd go as far as to say that friendship is the point of childhood. I love that. Because through through French, children learn to get along, to navigate conflicts, to have fun together, to understand someone else's perspective. If you want a kid to feel happier, help them make friends. If you want a kid to be more motivated to be in school and, and do schoolwork, help them make friends. If you want to help them to deal with a stressful situation, help them make friends. I mean, it just goes down the list. Friends definitely make the, the good times sweeter, but they also help kids to get through the rough times. Yeah. Oh, I love that description of friendship. I really do. Friendship is also key to children's developing sense of self. So we are who our friends are. Um, When we have those close relationships where we feel known and valued, we have a more authentic sense of self-esteem, not thinking that we're great, but just have a sense of belonging and have a sense of this is who I am. So we really can't overstate how important friendships are. Well, I think all kids need and want friends and we all want to feel like we belong. But many of the letters we receive from children about friendship are letters from kids who feel like they don't belong. And that's what I thought we would focus on today. Um, the, uh, the kids who are experiencing meanness or exclusion, uh, or even the kids who are experiencing what they perceive as betrayal by their friends. 
we receive a lot of letters on this subject and have over the years we've been corresponding with kids. So maybe to start us off, I'll read a couple letters from kids, uh, letters that are representative of the many messages kids send us on this subject, uh, including this one from a child who didn't give us her name, but she wrote and said, Dear Highlights, a long time ago, I had two best friends, Avery and Sayla. We hung out a lot until Avery's other friend, Bella, came, and I don't really know Bella. Then they started to spend more time together since they live right next to each other and hadn't really noticed me. I felt left out. I haven't seen them for a while. Last time I saw them was at Avery's grandma's wedding. I wouldn't speak to them. Should we stay friends? I wonder if our friendship is over. And then another reader, oh. Jack from Massachusetts, wrote something very similar. He said he had two friends and one doesn't like the other, even though they used to all play together in a group. And he doesn't know what to do. Somebody's feeling left out. There are more. So both of those. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. But there, yeah. That's what we want to talk about today. Oh, it can be so hurtful, right? It absolutely is. A friendship breakup for kids is as painful as a romantic breakup is for adults. So we definitely don't want to dismiss that, ah, oh, don't worry about it. This really hurts. And children don't have the perspective that adults do. So it feels like this pain is going to be forever. Um, the other thing that we know about children's friendships is that um, one half to one quarter of friendships don't make it the whole school year. So friendship breakups are incredibly common. The good news is that if children lose a best friend but then make another best friend, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. Um, but we do have to focus on this feeling of belonging. Now, both of the letters that you, that you read to me were about friendship threesomes. Those are tricky. Because if you, if you picture a triangle with you know, a kid at each corner and the lines between, it's very, very difficult to make sure that all of those lines are equal strength at all times. So it's, it's definitely going to be um, one person is feeling more connected to this one and less connected to that one. It's, it's just kind of the, the natural evolution of thing. Friendship threesomes are fun. You know, they can add a level of excitement more than just a one-on-one -on -one friendship. But they're, they're not very stable. So with the first girl, it broke my heart because she was feeling so sad. But what she did by not talking to the girls is she said, I don't want to do, have anything to do with you. I don't want this relationship. And the other girls are like, well, okay. Um, so it's... It's difficult for kids when they're feeling hurt. The tendency is to just lash out and be mean. But an important skill is learning how to get past those friendship rough spots. They are unavoidable. If you look at the child development list, at every single stage, conflict, 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 because it's hard. We adults haven't managed per world peace or even perfect marriages. So you know, why would we think that kids would get along perfectly all the time also? So as parents, you know, when, when kids are hurting, uh, we're often tempted to sort of rush in to their defense. But one of my favorite quotes is the one by Franklin D. Roosevelt, who said, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. So kids mm. do need to learn how to manage this conflict themselves, yet they need the help of the grownups who love them to learn how to do that. 
So what are some specific things parents can do to help kids um, figure out the right approach so they don't make the mistake that the first um, child did by sort of, I think she probably was trying to protect herself by pushing them away or not putting herself back in the fray. But how can parents um, coach their kids through these difficulties? Well, we need to start with empathy because when a kid is feeling a, a friendship, going through a friendship rough spot, they are really hurting. So we want to offer that comfort and empathy. This is not the time to criticize their child. See, I didn't I tell you that? No, 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 no. <laughs> right now, we just want to say, you're feeling really hurt um, that she did that, or um, it makes you mad that he said that, or it's hard for you when they're going off together and you don't see them as much. So you feel like the outsider. Just acknowledging those feelings is kind of a dippy intervention, but some of us have made a career out of it because it works. It just helps to have someone to know that someone understands what you're going through. Very validating. Exactly. So we definitely don't want to, as parents, to call the other parent because this is something that kids have to learn to work out on their own. Or I, I know of two cases in my um, involving um, people that I know uh, where the parents got lawyers involved for a child's conflict. Can I just say that is never a good idea? Absolutely not. <laughs> so. I think you can say that. You should say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so no lawyers, no, no dealing with the adults. This is something that the kid has to figure out. And then what we want to do is ask questions to help the child think it through. Because we're thinking about how do we help the kids to develop the skills that they're going to need throughout their lives. When we're teaching kids math, we don't say four. The answer is four. We say, okay, so where's the numerator and where's the denominator? And then what do you do? And we guide them through it. So that's kind of the same thing we want to do with kids. So we could ask about understanding the other kid's perspective. After we validated our own kids, um, we could say, so why do you think she did that? Or do you think she was trying to be mean when she did that? And to the extent that the kid can understand the other person's perspective, they're more likely to move in, in a better direction. Um, one, of the, one of the techniques that we, I talk about in um, Growing Friendships in the book is um, the maybe game. So when somebody does something rotten, maybe they did it because they wanted you to suffer, but probably not. <laughs> so what are some other reasons why they might have done it? And if we can come up with many of those maybes, maybe they didn't realize, maybe they forgot, maybe they were trying to do this other thing, maybe they couldn't because of uh, the other. But if we come up with those maybe, lots of those maybes, then the they're doing it out of deliberate meanness seems a lot less likely. So that's definitely something that parents can do in terms of thinking it through. Another thing we could do is ask, so what do you think you might do? And then help the child think through how is that, how is the other kid going to respond? So, for instance, we're going to see those two girls. What do you think they'll do if you decide not to talk to them? Go play with them as somebody else because they'll understand that you don't want to talk to them. Is that the result that you want? Um, and maybe we can help guide them. So I had a case once where a little boy came in. And he was so sad 
And he said, I lost my best friend. And I said, what happened? And it turns out they'd had a little argument. I don't even remember what the argument was about. And he thought that this forever and always, that was the end of the friendship. And I said, no, here's what you do. Tomorrow, when you go into school, just be friendly with him. He says, really? Go, yeah, just go in there, say hi. You want to go play on the swings. Um, and um, because really, that's how kids usually resolve conflicts. We adults tend to want to talk everything out, but negotiating and compromising doesn't become the main way that children resolve conflicts until age 19. So it's fine for them to just separate for a little bit and then come together and be kind. Yeah. Oh, that's so helpful. Yeah. I think sometimes we adults do make a bigger deal out of things than um, the deal actually deserves or requires. Right. But sometimes it's good to help our kids to speak up. So, and to do so in a way that is not mean. I had had another case where um, a girl was very upset at her friend because she was sitting on the bus with somebody else. And my client was just heartbroken and felt very rejected and excluded. So what she did is she wrote a very long letter to her friend, listing all of the mean things that the friend had ever done in her life. And she gave it to the friend, who promptly accused my client of bullying. She wasn't bullying. She just didn't know how to handle a conflict and how to use I statements about, I feel left out when you always sit with the other girl you know, what could we do that would be more fair? Or how about if some days you sit with me? Or how about if we rotate amongst the three of us? With friendship threesomes, often the best thing, well, there are two good things to do. One is to try to befriend the new friend. So then you're not forcing your old friend to to choose. Um, Or to bring in a fourth kid. And then it just kind of diffuses that tension of the triangle. It seems as if conflict really presents parents with some very important teachable moments for their kids. That's exactly how we want to think about it. Yeah, yeah there's so much kids can learn from these conflicts. So it's, it's important that parents lean in and listen to their kids when, when they are um, distressed about it. Right. But we have to be careful because when we see our babies suffering... It pulls up the mother lioness or the father lion in us, and we want to protect and and, and stop that suffering. And um, that's not helpful. And and especially if we remember, this is exactly what Janie McGillicuddy did to me in third grade. No, it isn't. (laughs) This is your child's journey. And we want to empathize, but we also want to trust in our child's strength and our child's ability to get past this rough spot. Maybe the friendship can be repaired, or maybe they'll move on to a different friend, but they're going to get through this. When do parents urge their children to sort of stop trying and uh, that this is probably not going to be a friendship that's going to work out? Or do they ever, do they let the child make that decision? I think that's a very personal decision for the child, but we as parents can use our ability to see the big context to ask some questions. And a lot of times kids will stick with a not-so-nice friend just to have a friend. Um, So we can ask questions about how do you feel when you're with that kid? Um, What have you tried already to to make things better? And how does 
the person respond when you say something is bothering you. And if the answers are always, nothing works, they're always mean, then you might want to say, I wonder if it's time to look for other fronts. Also, as parents with, with these six to 12 year olds, we can create opportunities to make new friends. So that could involve arranging more playdates or signing them up for a new activity where they could be around other people. Kids make friends by doing fun things together. So let's find ways for them to do fun things together. So if conflict is so common in kids' friendships, how do kids get past it? That's such an important question because we don't want, oh, there's a conflict, forget it. Um, And sometimes maybe the friendship is irreparable. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of talking it out. But sometimes the answer is forgiveness. None of us is perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. Children are impulsive. Their empathy isn't fully developed. They're experimenting with social power. They're going to do things that are less than kind. But one of my core beliefs is that love means trying again. And if we care about our friends, if we care about our friends, we have to recognize that they will make mistakes and that we can move forward. Um, And in Growing Friendships, we actually have a list of forgiveness guidelines. So if the event wasn't deliberate, if the person is genuinely sorry, if it's unlikely ever to happen again, If it happened more than a month ago, definitely let it go. Let it go. We don't want to be holding on to those grievances like beads on a string. To be a good friend, you have to be willing to forgive your friends for being less than perfect. And hopefully they'll do the same for you too. Yeah, that's great. It's it's about extending grace and and, um, believing in second chances. Absolutely. That's really great advice. Um, Before we sign off, I'd like to close with a question that we think a lot about here at Highlights, and it centers around our primary core belief that children are the world's most important people. If we truly valued children, is there something that we as a society would do differently to support kids in learning to become facile in the language of friendship? Well, there are a number of things that we can do. And I just love that mission of of Highlights. That's so powerful. And as we've talked about, it really does run through the whole company and everything that you do. So that's so beautiful. I think we have to start first with the basic needs. So all children need food, housing, safety, Um, to be cared for with with those basic needs so that they have the opportunity to think about these very important but secondary needs. If it's the survival first, and then we we look for the things that like friendship um, and and satisfaction. So we have to, we as a society have to take care of all children, um, especially those who don't have many resources. A second thing that's, that's really important is to encourage the the opportunity to make friends. 
Um, I mentioned that kids make friends by doing fun things together. So they need to have the opportunity to get together with their peers and do fun things. And this is everything from safe playgrounds to after-school activities, places where um, kids can play, um, to arranging playdates, which is so much harder now during the pandemic. But this is what kids need. And in the pandemic, we're just going to have to be more creative about how to do this safely. But they absolutely need... The, the single best things parents can do to enrich the pr- friendships of their kids is those one-on-one get-togethers so kids can really get to know each other and have fun together. And then the third thing that we as a society can do is put an emphasis on empathy. Right now, we're seeing a lot of divisiveness Yes. And we're seeing a lot of empathy blind spots about, oh, that person's feelings doesn't count because whatever the reason is. You see this in kids too. You know, the annoying kid, oh, it doesn't matter what he thinks because he's annoying or she's different or whatever it is. So we need to tackle those empathy blind spots and really try to see the world through other people's eyes and to respond in caring ways. So emphasizing kindness, emphasizing empathy. We parents have to show the way. We have to be good examples of this. Um, and what fuels the, the development of children's friendships from those love the one the one you're with friendships of the toddler years to the more intimate and lasting friendships of the teen years is an increasing ability to understand someone else's perspective. So just talking through that with your kid, helping them imagine what is it like for that person And one of my favorite questions is, what can you do to help him feel better? Because that encourages the kids not only to understand, but also to take action in kind ways. Thank you, Dr. Kennedy Moore. That was lovely and so meaningful. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. We are honored to be able to elevate kids' voices and share with you some of what they share with us. Whether a child's concern is big or small, unique or universal, serious or sure to easily work itself out, it's real to the child and matters deeply. We've come to see that in every letter kids have sent to us over the years, there are implicit, overarching questions embedded within. Do you care? Am I loved? Do I have a place in the world? A place in the lives of the people I love? We hope kids believe us when we say in many more words, yes, yes, yes. Let's all lean in to give kids what they really need and want. More listening, more understanding, and more connecting. This podcast is an extension of the book, Dear Highlights, What Adults Can Learn from 75 Years of Letters and Conversations with Kids. Publishing this August and available for pre-order now, everywhere books are sold. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to help us reach more grown-ups who care about kids. And if you'd like to send a comment or suggestion to me directly, please email me at christine at highlights.com.